Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Hello, hello, hello. We are back with a brand new episode. I hope you all are having a wonderful day, night, whatever time of day it is. Um, Today, I'm so happy to have Luke Adams with us today, who is the creative director of Story World Studios. And you all were talking everything purpose-driven advertising, um, men's mental health. We're talking icebergs. How do all of those things have something in common? You'll have to listen to the episode and find out because it's very, very interesting and so, so cool. So grab a snack, grab a cup of coffee. Um, a pillow, a blanket, whatever that thing that you would want, and <laughs> check out this episode. <laughs> hello, hello, Luke. Welcome. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Um, you all, for all you all who aren't who don't know, we recorded this prior, and something happened with production. So second time's the charm instead of third time this time. So. You all have no idea what we went through to get here. <laughs> um, but Luke, before we get into it, um, as we always do, we want to ask the question, what the term young influential means to you? So I think young influential is someone who's following their passion and who's leading with impact over profit. So they're not looking at how much money could they make or how big of a business they could scale, but really what's the impact that they're providing to society. And I think that's a shift we've seen in our generation um, and people who are entering the workforce now is that our career has the potential to impact people in a positive way. And we should really strive for greatness there before we strive for greatness financially or in a business sense. Come on with that all-American Mr. USA answer. Um, so to kind of take us back before we get into all the cool stuff you're up to, um, take us back to like childhood Luke, where, um, was video and like media something you were always into or 
how did that interest kind of spark? So I would say a little bit. I was always into the arts and kind of like being outside the lines and thinking of like new solutions. So it was kind of a combination of like business. I always had that from a young age where I was like looking at new ways to do things in school um, or just like in life too. And I think the combination really came from like, I, I started getting into extreme sports probably in high school. I was doing parkour, I was doing cliff jumping, and I wanted to like document what I was doing in a cool way. So that's how I got into the video space. Uh, and then it full, it turned into a full career after that and throughout high school. Come away. So you were doing like all that. That's crazy. You were doing the, all that in high school? Like, are we talking like freshman year? Like, that's crazy. What? So I, I think I got into parkour, like, and it might have been like seventh grade. So I was like in middle school. I was like climbing on like roofs and stuff like that, jumping over like fences. And um, yeah, I've, I've always been like curious about what the human body is capable of. So sports that focus on that and like pushing the limits of that really excited me. Well, and here I am thinking that doing, uh, I forgot the drill, but like the joy, like running to the lines on the beach was difficult for tennis. Um, and seventh grade. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, Olympian. I didn't know we have an Olympian here today. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> well, it wasn't very good in seventh grade, but it was, it was just a fun activity to, to try. Cause it wasn't like your usual, like baseball. I was never really, great at sports like those so it was like finding this was was cool because I could practice it at my own pace and like get better at my own pace too oh that's true that's fair and I feel like honestly like that's kind of a leg up because I feel like um the CrossFit type stuff really didn't catch on to like later when we were older so the fact that you kind of yeah. got in on it at a young age like kind of puts you like ahead of ahead of the curve you were a young influential <laughs> Um, and like speaking of media, like what was, did you have like a first job or internship where you got to kind of get more hands-on experience where you were like, okay, this is actually what I want to do like moving forward. Yeah. So I, I was always kind of like a self-starter. Like I didn't really ever have a job or an internship like ever at any point in my life. Um, so in high school, like I knew I needed to have a job because my parents wanted me to start taking care of some of the expenses and by the time I get to college become independent so it was really about reaching out like I'd never made a video at the time other than the parkour videos I made with my friends but I cold called like every business in my town uh, and eventually Gouveia Vineyards our, our local winery uh, followed up on my email and said that they, they'd be interested in meeting and talking about possibly making a video for them so that was really my start. I had no portfolio at the time. So it was really about selling the potential of what I could do versus showing what I've done before. Um, but that was like the first piece, piece of work that I ever had. And I think it was a 30 minute video at the time, which like if you're in the video production space, that can be a pretty like big project to start off with. Um, but it was a really good learning experience to figure out how I could actually tell a story that kept people engaged for 30 minutes on a local business. Oh, that's crazy. And was it just you or did you have like other people helping you? So back then it was just me. Um, I, I started doing after that other videos for businesses and senior portraits. And then I would hire assistants um, that went to high school with me and bring them on per project just so I had some more hands. But 
in the very beginning, it was like just me doing the outreach, just me doing 90% of the project, um, I would say. And then I kind of had them help fill in the gaps. Come on. That's so cool. So fast forward to like now you're at Story Real Studios. Can you explain what Story Real Studios is and like kind of like what your current role is in the, within like the company? Yeah. So Story Real Studios is a video production company and we exclusively work with purpose-driven brands uh, and we help them communicate their story better to customers and investors through video storytelling. So we really help them integrate a more strategic approach to sharing what they do, sharing their value. Um, and a lot of what we, a lot of the stories we tell are really focused on the human spirit um, and adventure and stuff like that. So a lot of, a lot of our projects combine those facets together. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. And when you say purpose-driven, for those who aren't as familiar, like, what do you mean by purpose-driven? Like, what do you mean by that? So I think a good example is like Patagonia. If you guys have seen what they did recently, where the owner decided to give away Patagonia to fight climate change. So I think it's something like 90% plus of the profits are going to be donated to climate change initiatives for the foreseeable future. So a purpose-driven brand as opposed to a profit-driven brand is really looking at that big total societal impact that they could create versus simply looking at the line items and the budget. And I think business 10 years ago was really numbers focused, but today it's more impact focused. Um, and a lot of brands are making that transition. And what we've seen with marketing is it's way easier to tell the story of a purpose-driven brand and get people invested and bought into that story than it would be if they simply had a great product but didn't have a strong purpose. No, and you brought up such a good point. I feel like Patagonia does a good job where their mission for like climate change and like fighting global warming and all that's interwoven into their brand and mission statement so well where you can anything they put out, it just fits. And I feel like now nowadays like consumers can easily tell if a brand is just like saying, Oh, go Earth Day and like moving on and yeah. that's not actually part of their mission compared to like yeah. a Patagonia or like somebody else. So they're like, No, like we actually do this and all our marketing, all our advertising and everything we do, we're going to try to use less waste. We're going to like, they constantly do it. So I feel like, like even in those like marketing materials, you can easily tell when a brand actually is doing it year round or if they're just trying to check a box. Yeah. Yeah. It's also choosing what not to stand for too, because your company can't stand for everything and you have to take a polarizing view on certain issues at points too. And it's not, not necessarily to be political, but choosing what, you don't stand for allows you to really strengthen your core mission and what you're you're striving to achieve there. Yeah, because I feel like in the past you you could have gotten away with like, oh, we don't want to like say we want to like use less waste or we want people to uh, recycle our genes, recycle their whatever. They might get offended. They might like think X Y Z. But it's nowadays consumers and people are looking for you to take some sort of stand or like stand on whatever your view is so they can better understand because if not you just look like you're agreeing to everything and if you're agreeing to everything you're not really standing for anything <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it, it's a hard concept to put into practice because it's scary and it takes risk to do that but the better you get at taking a stand like the the more it's going to resonate with your audience too 
And like whenever you guys are seeing uh, creating, whether or even if you've seen any, like creating that purpose driven advertising, like are there any key elements or things that you've noticed that have to be uh, made readily visible, whether it's in like marketing materials or with the video that helps people understand where it's like, okay, this is their mission, this is what they're doing, that have to be at the forefront whenever you guys are like doing projects or anything you've seen? Yeah, yeah. Typically, there's like three really key elements. So one is actually taking a stand uh, and showing that you're supporting the initiative that you're trying to create. So something like donating 1% of sales, I don't think is really strong enough. I think it I think you could go even further than that. So I really encourage our clients to with the cause that we're trying to raise awareness for, donate anywhere from 10 to 25% of proceeds um because that that shows that they're actually really invested in that cause um and it's not simply a marketing ploy like it could be with uh something like 1%. The other thing is having a storyline that is relevant to the audience uh, and really communicates the subject in a way that gets people to think about it with a new lens. So one of the projects we did was for men's mental health, which doesn't really get talked about a lot. So we created a very abstract storyline to highlight the invisible battles that people keep hidden below the surface. Um, And then the third is a organic distribution strategy. So with content like this, you want to be prioritizing where it's going to get seen uh, and even finding like-minded audiences of people that already exist too. So maybe there's Instagram pages that re- recycle content, media outlets, choosing how to get in front of them uh, is really going to maximize the success of the campaign. And you brought up a really cool uh, campaign, the one that you guys, the one that you did for uh, men's mental health. Can you kind of walk us through like that concept and like how that came about? That was really cool. Yeah, definitely. So this was like a personal campaign for me too, because like I've struggled with anxiety before and I never really talked about it. Like a lot of men don't. I actually researched that up to 49% of men don't feel comfortable talking about their own mental health. So that's why like I've wanted to do something to raise awareness for the cause for a while. And it's hard to get people talking about it. It doesn't get mentioned in the news that frequently. Uh, And it's kind of glanced over as an issue. So I wanted to do something that would, one, get people's attention, and two, communicate that there's a lot that goes on that happens below the surface. Um, So I came up with this crazy idea of freediving underneath an iceberg. Uh, And for those that don't know, freediving is basically holding your breath, diving down, 30 to 60 feet or more um, on breath hold, basically. So you don't have a scuba tank there. And I wanted to do that and go underneath an iceberg to represent facing the invisible battles that many of us hide below the surface. So we use that stunt as the basis for a short film that was centered around my own experience with anxiety. And then we partnered with Movember and Chief Underwear uh, to distribute the content to amplify the impact we were trying to create. No, that's that's so true. Cause I feel like even just with my own like battle with anxiety and stuff, like I feel like not a lot of people talk, especially specifically men, like don't really talk about it and stuff. And I feel like the more I've like opened up and like, yeah, like I have this, and I was actually having a conversation with somebody with another guy about it. He's like, oh, that's so like that's so cool that you're just so open and just like vocal about whatever um, compared to like how a lot of us like 
we wouldn't have brought it up unless it was like a one-on-one or specifically discussing that on purpose. But I was just like, yeah, like I struggle with like my, my social anxiety and anxiety um, in general. And I have these tactics that I do before interviews or before at work or X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, basically just like telling him everything. And he was just like, wow, you like just said that all without like (laughs) me fully prompting you to like ask like that in general. And I was like, yeah, like I'm open about it. Like, I don't care. Like, I talk because it's like the more you talk about it, the more you're open with it, you realize you're not alone with it. And I feel like a lot of times, like we think that it's just us that deal with like seasonal depression or um, anxiety or any other like mental health. But like we all do. But until we all feel until somebody like is like, hey, like I want to talk about it, we all kind of just keep it to ourselves because we feel like people are going to think we're weird or other types of like negative connotations around it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that like opening up and starting that conversation kind of starts a chain reaction where it normalizes guys asking for help too. So you sharing your own experience with anxiety might help someone else open up and realize it's okay, it's normal to talk about mental health, and it could potentially be life saving too. So that's why we really want to encourage more men to just talk about their mental health and feel comfortable asking for help when they need Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. Yeah. No, no, that's for sure. And looking at that campaign concept that you guys came up with, like for other brands or anybody who's listening, that's like, oh, I want to do a cool one on whether it's mental health or another topic that we tend to not talk about. Like, 
what's like the first step to doing it? I know like a lot of times people say like, oh, just open up and like you kind of have to be that first one. But is there, um, say, like a tactic or something that you recommend people to do to first take on a topic that might be uncomfortable, whether it being like kind of making it into, I don't know, using like musical elements or using other elements to kind of make uncomfortable conversations comfortable? So I would say the first step is centered around like human psychology. So understanding your audience really well and understanding people that care about the cause you're trying to promote. So interviewing them one-on-one, doing an analysis on their belief systems, um, the type of content they're interested in, and really having like a pulse on what your audience is looking for is a key first step because that way you could really craft the content around them. And even as simple as knowing how they digest content too. So if you have a young, younger audience, in the case we did with this, we knew a lot of them would be on Instagram Reels. So being able to tailor the content, tailor the story so it fits into that and it could be told in 10, 15 seconds and communicate that idea is another key element. Then from there, it's about getting creative, figuring out how you're going to get their attention because we live in a society today where attention is a very scarce resource and getting your customer's attention is harder than it's ever been. Even though people are on their phones more frequently, getting someone's attention for more than three seconds, as you can imagine, is pretty difficult, especially with people scrolling nonstop. I'm sure you've ran into that like (laughs) endless goal where you just look at a video for a second or two and then even less than a second, half a second and scroll back down. So how do you get their attention in the first um, second or two? And to that point, you don't want to just do something just for the sake of getting the attention. It has to be on brand with the initiative you're trying Mm -hmm. to pull. So for this stunt, that's why we came up with the standing on the iceberg, diving underneath part, because we knew one, it would get people's attention, but two, it served a purpose in visually communicating the invisible battles and facing them. Um, So it takes like a lot of like brainstorming up front, but once you have that story locked down, telling people within your audience, just testing the idea on them to see if it resonates with them, if they can understand it, and if it seems like something they'd be interested in watching, uh, that way you could save money on the video production part because video production is always super expensive, especially on location. So the more prep work you could do, the more audience research you could do to make sure what you're making will actually work, the better. And you touched on such a good point too, like knowing who your audience is and where they are and how they like to be spoken to. Because I feel like a lot of times brands and stuff will make a campaign video, whether it's like for Women's Heritage Month or um, Women's like Women's History Month or like Pride Month or something, and they'll be like, "Oh, we thought this would land," and it's like you have to know who you're talking to your audience and then like what platform makes the most sense. So if you're say wanting to share people's like stories about like dealing with um, being a woman in the workplace, like a video might be better than just a static image with just like random facts on it. Or if you're talking about whatever, like maybe being on TikTok, if you're trying to target like the 18 to 25 demographics, I feel like that's key. And a lot of brands think they can just like copy and paste like a random video and just put it onto it. But it's like, you can't like 15 seconds from the YouTube video that you guys made there, that 15 seconds you took out might not make sense on reels or TikTok. Like it's all about like the messaging and how it's formed for you kind of have to like make it fit for that platform, not just copy and paste and cut. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. And I think another point too is with um, posting content on TikTok, a lot of brands try and like follow the trends a little bit too closely. And it comes across disingenuous if they're if they're really just trying to follow the trend to get attention and they're not doing it in an organic way. So I always recommend um, tailor the content to Instagram reels in that it's vertical and that the shots look aesthetically pleasing there and that the story gets told in a quick way. But I don't think brands should necessarily just try and hop on the newest trend uh, right away because it loses some authenticity and credibility that makes them the brand they are versus a smaller personal brand, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's just, it just makes you look, it also makes them look crazy too. Cause it's like, you're using this random like sound that everybody's using on a video about why we should be planting redwoods in Northern California. Like the sounds about like a hamburger, like what? Like don't yeah. just do stuff to be trendy. Like it has to make sense. Like you said, like you can't just, do that and people like you said can see if it's genuine or not that you're just there to take up space and just like get views but not actually trying to reach the audience on the platform that you're posting that content on definitely 100 percent. and for all those else who are listening that's like oh luke cool love this purpose-driven advertising stuff but like i don't know how to do it for my company what are kind of the first key steps that anybody can start doing to really kind of put the heart and the mission behind their content that they're doing where people can realize that it is genuine and not just trying to check a box. So I would say step number one is just choosing what to stand for, what not to stand for, and really outlining that closely. Then number two is going to be figuring out a nonprofit or a cause that you can partner with and either raise money for or raise awareness with together. Um, And then step number three is going to be doing that audience research, figuring out why they believe what they believe, why they support the cause, and where the intersection lies between your brand, what your brand stands for, and what this cause stands for. Uh, And that way you can communicate it effectively. And then I would say the last step is coming up with not an elevator pitch, but I like to call it a purpose statement, Um, separate than a mission statement too. It's basically saying what your brand stands for uh, and why why your customers should join in to your purpose and support your purpose. Um, so an, an example from one of my clients there in the biotech space is they're a biotech company that's trying to revolutionize mental health care through novel um, drug treatment platforms. So basically their their big purpose is trying to revolutionize mental health care and there it's spread out throughout their organization too. And you can tell because anyone we interview from that company has a personal story and personal connection to mental health. So you can tell automatically that it goes beyond just a, um, just a mission statement or just a purpose statement. And that that's one of the other key elements is you want to, integrate that purpose internally with everyone in your company and make sure it's what they actually stand for and what they actually believe in. No, that's so true. Cause if you're just putting something together to be like, Oh, we got to, it's that time of the month again, or time of year again, let's no, we can all like, no, like actually do your research, really figure out like what are the key things in and find a way that it makes sense with your brand mission and not just check a box. Because like I said earlier, like everybody can tell if it's, genuine or not like come on (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. And um, for my last one, just out of curiosity, like, do you have any brands that you feel do a really good job? I know we talked about Patagonia, but do you have any like others or any specific campaigns that really stick out to you? I, I think Nike is a good example. Um, no, no matter like where you stand politically, they they decided to take a, a stand on what they believe in. Um, with Colin Kaepernick, uh, they decided to take a stand with him, which they ended up losing a good amount of customers from that move. But they ended up solidifying um, brand loyalty with the customers who believed in what they believed in. Um, so that's just a good example of taking a risk on a polarizing view um, and showing this is what we believe in. This is what our customers believe in. and we're not afraid to lose customers if you don't support our mission. And a lot of people listening might be a small business owner. They might be working for a startup. So hearing that, hearing that you sometimes you need to make moves that lose customers is a scary thought. Um, well, I've started doing that within my own company too. We, we try not to work with any client that doesn't have a strong purpose now. Um, and we definitely, it means we can't work with everyone. But the clients we do work with end up having a lot more success and we have a much better relationship with them as a result. So even on a small scale, um, I recommend brands, startups, business owners take that risk in choosing something to stand for and fight for. Yeah, because like they always say, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to say, like for me, I love Fall Raven. I feel like Fall Raven's like another one of those that you like no matter what you're looking at you can always tell that they stand for sustainability um for the good of people and and quality like quality products quality service like i feel like no matter what you look at you can always tell like patagonia like up oh, that's a patagonia adder up oh, that's a fall raven ad. i feel yeah. like those are like an, that's like another really good example um, definitely but luke thank you so much for giving us all this wisdom all this good advice on kind of taking a stand and all that jazz. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias, and we'd love to hear from you all and feel free to give us a rating on Apple podcast. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. 
For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections.